listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heartsease Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. Hallelujah. Tell the person next to you, say, no pressure. With an introduction like that. Hallelujah. Now, um, I'm so honored to be here, pastors. Thank you for having me. Um, and I am having a great time. It feels like being home. The praise and worship. Can we just give God praise for the praise and worship team? Hallelujah. Now, I flew in um, into America uh, via Atlanta, and I just came out of a heat wave. Now, maybe I, I don't look as tanned. I know some people think that, well, um, he's coming from Africa. I know that he has a pet lion. No, no, we don't. And I also know that you don't have a pet alligator. Hallelujah. That's just kind of like the misconcepts that we grow up, uh, grow up in. But um, I brought something. I brought some heat, heat from the Word of God for you. So I just came out of a heat wave into Atlanta that snowed um, and had us delayed for a couple of hours. But um, there's some good news when you're on fire for God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, tonight, um, uh, let's just all pray. Father, I thank you that when we even come to the Word, Father God, it's just, it's, we know that your Word says that, that you've placed your, your, your Word above your name, Father. So it's not that it's not, it's, it's forms and, and it has a, a separate section in the service. No, Father God, but we just want to come and just honor it, Father. Thank you that we can just come and honor your Word, Father. I also, Father, I, I thank you for this opportunity, for I thank you for this divine connection in this moment, Father God, that you have joined me in this pastors together, Father God, and has opened up this door. Father, now just open, as people open their heart, I sow the seed into their hearts, Father God, with love. Thank you that they receive it tonight with expectation in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, um, we, we, I think, Pastor, we met about six, six years ago. And um, it's just uh, from even that beginning, and I had a little tour uh, a couple of years, like six years ago through the church, and God has just done something. We're doing the same ministries, um, reaching out to those in need. Um, we're about to... Um, we. Uh, but two months ago, we opened up, three months ago, actually, we opened up a restoration center for, um, we call them clients, um, people of, uh, that, that's sitting in a situation of substance abuse. Um, and we had our, our first graduates. And then we also opened up a house for abandoned babies. And uh, amongst those bundles of joy, we have a little girl called Zamkita. Her mom was on her way to go sell her for a, um, to her, a, a Sangoma, a witch doctor. And um, the police got to hear from her and brought her to our place. Hallelujah. Now, um, then some of the things that we just did, and I know some of you that knows Pastor Gustav knows of, of the many things that we do. We're feeding about 160,000 people a month. Um, we uh, just recently finished doing a Christmas party for children. About 3,500 children not only just received a gift and a beverage and something to eat that day, but they got this, the greatest gift of all, Christ. 
Hallelujah. Now, opposite the, 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 the place of our church, the, the grounds of our church, we have three campuses. Um, there's about a, um, a squatter camp with 85,000 people. Um, and I know that, that 3,500 children went into that squatter camp telling about the goodness of Jesus. Hallelujah. Then um, we're getting ready to also open up a, a house for senior citizens. We're in the, pro- in the process of, of doing all of that. Um, for a lot of our senior citizens, they resort to eating dog food because of their low uh, monthly payments or the monthly wages or the monthly um, subsidies that they get. So we know that we as a church need to, do, need to start doing something. Hallelujah. Um, tonight, when we go to the Word, um, please open up your Bibles in Genesis 25. I've got 40 minutes, and I've got a lot to say. And I'm so glad that this church is used to foreign accents. Hallelujah. Now, um, we kind of like speak like Pastor Philip is that um, the, we, uh, we come from, from South Africa, and then we, we come and we manipulate our language. We come and manipulate the way we speak English. For we also speak of grass and not grass. We, we, we would ask you for a cup of milk instead of milk. So um, I know that um, luckily your ear has been trained to, uh, to, to, to hear um, foreign languages. So I, I, I hope that when you look at me funny, it's not because you don't understand me. God is just busy with you. Hallelujah. Now, um, just to greet you in my home language, it would have sound something like this. I greet you in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. That was just, I greet you in the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if you could get the hawking sound, you could speak Afrikaans. People say that Afrikaans sounds like an angry language. You just need to like, uh, just get really, really worked up and then you could speak it. Hallelujah. Now, um, please know tonight that when we go to the Word of God, God has great things for us in this year. Whatever you do, to the, whatever you do um, in the first of this year, because God is all about the first fruit, will determine how the rest of your year is going to play out. Um, it's about the first day of the week. Um, he's, that, that'll determine how the rest of your week will play out. The first month of the year will determine how the rest of your year will play out. The, the first year of this decade. I'm expecting for something great, for I know God comes and He meets me at my expectation. That is why I've taken all limits off of God. You know what is that? Church as we know it is, is busy changing. Church as we know it is busy changing. For people are looking for the power of God to come back to the church. We cannot see the poor and not do something about it. We cannot see people in need and not do something about it. Come on, that God is raising up this church as a lighthouse in this town, in this red stick of a town. God is, God is raising up a new fire, a, a, a house that is, that is full of fire that will bring life to people. Hallelujah. Now, know that when we speak about the blessing of God, there's two, there's two different Hebrew words. And thank you for all the people that has been um, just supporting some of the meetings that we've had. I've actually came prepared for something else. I wanted to speak on getting your fight back. But so some of the people that has been following some of the services, I'll be doing a, a, a sermon that I did in some of the services. Um, so please bear with me. And I it's good to hear something twice and for the third time and for the fourth time so that it'll become a part of you. Hallelujah. When we speak of the blessing of God, there's two words that comes to, to mind in the, in the Hebrew language. We speak about the word Baruch. We, we speak about the word Baruch and that means a gift to God or from God. A gift to God or from God. And then there's also a, 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 a word that most of the young people, they'll, they'll easily remember it after this night. It's kind of like a, a combination of usher and share. So it's Asher. 
right? So I've just screwed up your whole, your whole, um, the way that you're going to listen to music. And you just, you just kind of think about the blessing of God when you think of Asher. Now this word is Asher, and it means um, happiness by decision. Happiness by decision. So if I, make the, if I make the right decisions, I will be happy. Now, we have a song in South Africa, um, and it kind of goes something like this. Some of the lyrics is, is, is like this. It goes like, if you want to be happy for the rest of your life, don't make a pretty woman your wife. So I need to pray for some people, for there's a lot of marriages with a lot of pretty women in this place. Hallelujah. I just know that God is getting ready to do something great. Hallelujah. Happiness by right decision. Happiness by right decision, Asher. So we have Baruch and then we have Asher. Now in Genesis 25, we have a, we have a, a well-known story. And, and, and we're going to just work with it tonight. And we're going to just bring new understanding and new dimensions to it. Who of you know that there's a couple of things that we need to unlearn? There's a couple of things that we've, we've kind of, we've taken it upon ourselves and now we compare the word that we hear to it and God has something greater in store for us. Hallelujah. Now, who of you know that life is made out of choices and, and whatever we decide in life, it affects people. Whatever we decide in life, it affects people. Who of you know of the, the greatest bad decision that was ever made was made by Adam and Eve and it affected all of us. Now, we are in a different dispensation where God is, God is hiding, God is hiding escape codes all over in our lives. If you could just look closely, you will see that there's little windows that will reveal them. Hallelujah. Now, Genesis 25, 27 comes and it speaks, it, it speaks about this family. It says, and the boys grew and Esau was a man knowing hunting and Jacob was a simple man living in the tents. And Isaac loved Esau for game was one of his favorite meats. And then it says, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Now, before we go any further, there's just quickly a couple of things that we need to take out of the scripture. Firstly, we get a man, um, Esau, that was a man's man. He loved hunting. So he knew the field, he had a good tan, and he had a distinct smell to him. Now, um, we also, if, we, if you look and you read the Bible a little bit further, it will come and describe that, that, that Esau was, was red and he was hairy. He was red and he was hairy, so in some parts he would have been known as a redneck. I don't know if that's a safe word to use amongst this, like in, in this church. So he was red, he was hairy, he had a tan, and he loved hunting. He knew when to hunt what. And then we have Jacob. He was kind of like an introvert. He loved staying at home, and he was a, he was a mama's boy. Um, and, and he would have maybe even gone through as uh, the Jamie Oliver, the naked chef. You know, he liked cooking as well. So... And then if we had to read further, it would also show us that this was a complicated family. Tell the person next to you it was a complicated family. For we read something, we, we read of, of, of the father loving the one son and not loving the other. So we had, a, we had a boy with the name Esau, he was red and hairy, and we have uh, the boy with the name Jacob that had uh, a liking for cooking and staying at home, and the father didn't like him. Now, if we, please don't go all quiet on me. I take it that you're listening. You're taking everything, you're drinking it in. I don't know, but Pastor, we have a live, lively church. It's like if somebody just starts keeping quiet, somebody else will be shaking them. Hallelujah. Are they making noise the whole time? Now, we have another situation here. We have this one boy called Jacob. Now, 
I don't know about you, but do you know that the word Jacob means liar? It means deceiver. It means, it, it means one that, that schemes. Now, I don't know, how would you feel if your, if your father would call you in the morning? He would say, wake up, liar. Did you do your homework, liar? What happened at school? Don't tell me, liar. Now, he had a bit of a situation. He had like a complex growing up. For his father didn't like him. He loved cooking. His brother was made more fuss of. He, he did just, he, his father liked him. And then his father called him liar. Now, do you know that the word Satan means arch Jacob? It means Jacob to the max. So who of you would have liked to be called liar? Deceiver. Now, if you have that name, know that when you're in Christ, everything changes. All of a sudden, he, he placed you, took you from liar to Israel. Hallelujah. Now, know that God has something great in store for you, even in the story. For there's a message that we can apply to our lives. Now, we know that God comes. And, and if we reach further, we need to know a couple of things about what's happening, unfolding on this, in, in the story. Um, it says that in Genesis 25, verse 29, And Jacob boiled soup. Tell the person next to you, he boiled some soup. So that'll be gumbo, right? Okay, he boiled some gumbo. And Esau came from the field, and he was about to die, or he was about to faint, depending on what translation you have. And then he says, And Esau said to Jacob, And I beg you, let me eat some of that red soup, or that red stew, for I'm about to die. Therefore, his name was called Edom. Now, Edom means red man or red. Now, we're going we're gonna to talk about it in a little bit. And then it says, in 31, it says, And Jacob says, Sell me your birthright today. Sell me the promise that's over your life today. Verse 32, And Esau said, Behold, I'm at the point of dying, and what profit shall this birthright be to me? Now, in that scripture, do you know that when we look at the heroes of faith in Hebrews, it goes and it speaks of all, different kinds of Hebrews 11. It speaks of different kinds of, he, of heroes of faith. And it speaks of Moses. And it speaks of it's Samson. And, and, it, and, it, and we know that Moses was a premeditated murderer. And it comes and it, because the scripture says that he looked to the side, to this side, and he looked to that side, and then he murdered the person. And you know what? Even that was still okay. But further on in Hebrews, it goes and it says that don't be like, don't be like Esau. That despise these birthright. Up until even today, the Hebrew people look down upon Esau. He was called Edom from that day, and that is where the Edomites come from. So he came and despised his birthright, which meant that he, for a moment there, he looked on something sacred and said, You know what? It is common. I don't need it. Something that was sacred, he looked at and said, you know what, it is common, I don't need it now for my desire, that my fleshly desire is higher than the blessing that was spoken over me. He was called Edom from that day, and people would then call on him and say, red man, the one that made the wrong decision. Who of you have made mistakes in life, and people remind you constantly about it, although you're not that anymore. It's by time that we would tell people, you know what, this ain't that. You need to see, my, see me by the true person that I am. For when we look at our bodies or when we look at our spirit, man, that is how God sees us. When we look at, when we look at our soul dimension, that will be how we see ourselves. And look, when we, when we look at our bodies or when we think of the body, it is how people see us. 
But people need to open up. This, a, a moment of revelation needs to come to them so that they will see the true you. That they will see who you really are in your spirit. For that is the person that needs to come forth in this time, even in fasting. You, have, you, you are coming to a point where you're realizing what God has placed on the inside of you. So that you can get to a point of living from the inside out instead of from the outside in. From the inside out instead of from the outside in. Now, even up until today, people look to him and say that he is a man that made the wrong decision. For he said that he was about to die and he wanted some soup. And he said, what profit shall my birthright be to me? Now, there's a couple of things that we need to know that's happening. We have this boy that is red and hairy, liked hunting, came back. Not hunting, not getting anything. So he felt like he was fainting, was about to die. Even felt like he's disappointing his family. There was a bowl of soup. There was a bowl of soup prepared by his brother. Now he comes and he says, give me some of that red stew. Now, when you look at the Hebrew word, um, the, the picture that's being displayed in this sentence, he came in and he said, give me some of that ha, which is the, and adam, which is red stuff. It says, give me some of that Adam. Now, the, the Hebrew language doesn't have like adjectives to describe. If you wanted to say, um, I want to give you some peace or go in peace, I would say, go in shalom. If I wanted to say, go in a lot of peace, it will, I would have said, go in shalom, shalom. I would repeat it. So that you will know it is important. Now, the original text in the scripture, it actually meant he came in and said, Give me some of that ha-adam, ha-adam. And, 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 and now ha meaning the and adam meaning red. If you look at the, 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 the last part of the word adam, dam means blood. Life source. So he said, coming into the room after not not, not hunting anything, feeling that he was about to faint. They are still like we do. They identified blood as being the life source. So he came in and said, give me some of that red stuff. Red stuff now. I want some of that red stuff, red stuff now. Urgently, I need it. For I'm about to die if I don't have it. I cannot live without it. I cannot live without it. Now, to know what your birthright is and what it entitled you to, you need to know that um, there's a couple of things that your birthright said, said over your life or it described about you. Number one, your birthright enabled you to carry your family name. He came into the room saying that I need some of that red stuff, red stuff now and it's more important than my family name. I need some of that stuff. I cannot live without it, for it's more important than my family name. He came in and said that I need some of that red stuff, red stuff now, for I don't care about my double portion that I can have about my inheritance. To be and to have a birthright also was a description of everything your family stood for. To have a birthright spoken over you, a blessing spoken over you, or to walk as the firstborn, it was a description of everything your family stood for. He came in and said, I need some of that red stuff, red stuff now, and I don't worry what the people will say about my family. If I had to weigh the two up against one another, that was, uh, that was, was on the table means more to me 
than what is thought of my family. Then to be and to have a first right or to be the firstborn was symbolic of your connection with God. We know that even in this time of fasting that it is to make us more sensitive so that we will live from the inside out so that we will know when to do what. God is all about being at the right place at the right time. And fasting makes us sensitive for the leading of the Holy Spirit so that we can hook into the power of God. He came and he said, you know what? I don't care about my connection with God. For what is on the table means more to me than my connection with God. He came in and he said that what's on the table means more to me than the summary of my statement of destiny. To have a birthright spoken over you was a summary of your destiny. God came and he spoke a word over us. Many of us in this place, we have prophetic words that needs to come into fulfillment. God has said something over your life, over your family's life. Now, before we go any further, we need to know that in Hebrew thought, there's three levels of sin. There's three levels. In Hebrew thought, there's three levels in sinning. Three levels. If you're taking notes, the first level will be iniquity. The first level would have been iniquity. Three levels of sin in Hebrew thought. Now, the Hebrew alphabet is made out of numbers. It's made out of pictures. So every word would form a comic strip, right? So if you think of the word iniquity, it would have, and it, in Hebrew, it would be the word, ladies, please don't get mad. It means Avon. So the word iniquity means Avon, and it's represented with the following comic strip. The first part of the word means I, an I, a picture of an I. Then the, the second part would be a fish, a fish hook with some bait. And then the last part of the word noon, which is represented with a fish, and in this context it would have been represented with a fish that multiplies. Iniquity would have meant whatever the I is hooked to multiplies. Whatever the eye is hooked to multiplies. Some of you that works in retail or you, this is a big marketing tool. We come and we present something to somebody that they don't need. But all of a sudden, the more they look at it, the more their eyes are hooked to it and the more the desire for it multiplies. The more they look at it, the more we tell them, we, the more they, the, the shops over Christmas, all of a sudden they, they just, they had these people going into, into the malls, buying stuff that, that they didn't need. Their eyes were hooked to it, and it multiplied the desire for it, and all of a sudden they, they stepped into it. Iniquity. Then they would look and they would think about sin in the next way. They would say that sin would be when your eye is hooked to something and multiplies and it is enticed. Now you're sinning. Then transgression would be the deed. Stepping over into it. Now, if you quickly turn to Isaiah and, uh, 53 verse 6, it would say the following. Isaiah 56 verse 3 and 
I don't know if, Pastor, is there somebody that shows me like time or? Okay. I'm the one that normally runs in the back of the church telling Pastor Gustav, you need to go to the next service. (laughs) Hallelujah. Now, Isaiah 53 verse 6 comes and it says that we're all like sheep gone astray. And we turned, we, and, and we have turned everyone to his own way or to his own side and says, but God laid on him the iniquity of us all. Says that we are all like sheep. We have gone astray and we have turned everyone to our own ways. And God has come and he's laid upon us, uh, on him, the iniquities of us, of us all. Which means that God come, God came on the cross of Calvary. We know that when he was lifted high, he drew all men unto him. That word men was later on was put into the scripture. So um, it, it means that he drew, drew all unto him. So all your disease, all your sin, all everything, all your desires, everything was, drew, it was drawn unto him. But it means in this scripture, it means that when he was there on the cross, he not only died for the transgression, the deed, not only did he die for the sin but he also died he went as far in back into time and he went and he paid for that moment when your eye was hooked to something that wasn't of him he paid the ultimate price he paid the ultimate price how many times have we come to a place where we say uh, we've come maybe from somewhere or we've come into a situation where all of a sudden we need to make a decision and it's going to affect our life. Our life has been interrupted for that is the way that the devil comes and he works. He wants to dis- get you disillusioned. He wants, to, he wants to come and pollute your hope. He wants to cloud your vision. And all of a sudden we're faced with a situation where we come into a room and we now need to decide birthright or soup. It says that when Esau finished eating, one translation said that he found that it was only red beans. How many times have we gotten ourselves into a situation where we need to weigh the two up and we say, birthright or beans? Some people, they in a fast. And all of a sudden, they walk past the cake shop, the donut shop. And all of a sudden, those cakes get these arms, and they invite you to come in. And the cakes, the cake gate of, gets a voice. You're in fast. Nobody will know. Nobody's going to tell anybody. You just decided that you're going to go on this diet. The cake is inviting you. You maybe decided you're going to stop smoking in the beginning of the year. All of a sudden, that packet of cigarettes. And you take that bite of that cake that you secretly bought. You eat it. And when you're done, you realize that it's just beans. In a moment of weakness, you despise what is said over you, the desire and the dream that God has for you. Young people in this place, God has spoken a a specific dream over your life. Don't take it lightly. This is your time. This is your hour. God is extending his safety to you for you're born for a time such as this. And that doesn't mean age, people. The generation that God is raising up, it does not mean age. It means obedience to the voice of God. Don't take lightly living in this hour, being in this church, being under this word tonight. God is calling you to a deeper level of obedience, not a more active doing. 
a deeper level of obedience which means the application of the word of god how do i get back to my place of birthright for jesus died on the cross for me now i'm not like esau which everybody will say edom red man man that made the wrong decision no i have a second chance there's a get, get out of jail card and it's found in matthew 6:33 where God comes and He gives His first sermon. Jesus comes and He gives His first sermon and He says, But seek first the kingdom. Whatever I do or when I look at the first fruit and I make that important, when I put God first, when I, when I make God number one, God becomes number one in all my number twos. Um, just because we're in church. If we were in a home meeting, I would have explained to you what number two means. Hallelujah. Now it says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now that righteousness means, yes, there's the individual act that I need to, there's the individual part that I need to play in righteousness. It means that to get into Christ, into right standing. But we also know that this church is actively involved in the corporate act, action of righteousness, which means shadak, which is when you find the word righteousness in scripture, you will find that 2,103 times the, words right, the word righteousness is jointed to the word generosity. The, the Hebrew word for the word righteousness means shedak. The word, um, Hebrew word for the word generosity means shedaka, which means when I add any, when I add H-A to, the, to, the, to a word, it means a window when you look at the, the Hebrew alphabet. So it means that something is revealed. So generosity means righteousness revealed. Many of the countries, eastern countries, people will cry out, Shadaka, 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 show me that you're righteous. You say that you're saved, prove it to me. Take care of me. Be generous by showing that you're righteous. Shadaka, Shadaka, Shadaka. See, we cannot be saved and not do something. We cannot be saved and not make a difference in the communities that we stay in. We're in the area that we're in because God has put us there. And because God has put us there, there's a word over our house. That is why we know that God will supply all our needs. For we are there so that we can show people the glory of God. So that we can show people that not only will we tell them that Jesus loved them, but we will show them that Jesus loves them. So how do I return back to my birthright, to my uh, place of origin, the place that I come from? By seeking the kingdom of God first and all His righteousness, and then things will be added to me. See, there's four things that we need to know that Luke, and I think it's Luke 8:17, comes and it says, it says, whatever's done in secret will come to the light. Now, who of you have heard that, that sermon and people say, you be, need to be careful what you're doing. God is going to expose you. He's going to reveal you. Whatever's done in secret comes to the light. Whatever the life you live in secret, God is not going to come and unveil you and now expose you to the people. No. Somehow it'll just filter through our lives. It'll just filter. See, if you see God in secret and you're worshiping Him, there's 
There's just something about worship. You cannot hide it. It comes and it shows in everything we do. It shows in everything that we do. You can be making a, a pot of stew, it'll show. You can, be, you can make, be making a sandwich for somebody and you will reveal yourself as a true worshiper of God. What is done in secret comes to, to the light. It means the next thing, and, and this is for your life also, is that God is getting ready to reveal us as His secret weapons. For See, when I see God in secret, all of a sudden there's just something that's going to rub off on people. When I want to make a bigger difference or a greater impact in my community, get a desire. Number one, get a desire so big. On the inside, of, cause a stirring on the inside of you. Do you want to write the next song that's going to not only be a hit, but it's going to cause healings to take place when they sing it? Desire it on the inside. See it. on the in- Desire it on the inside. Sing that song over and over, and as you sing it, you see that person come, and how that cancer is healed, how deliverance takes place. From desire, I move, and now I meditate on it. I meditate on it. I meditate on the thought that God has given me, my birthright. See, how, do I, how don't I get myself into choosing beings instead of my birthright? Desire God's promise for your life. Meditate on God's promise for your life. Then, number three, you imagine it. See the leadership of this house. You need to imagine this place too small. You need to desire it. You need to see yourself walking into this place and saying, there's no seat for me. You need to see, you need to desire the distribution center and, and where you say, well, we need to get forklifts, we need to get trucks, we need to, the next, the next Haiti that takes place, we are going to be sending, uh, we are going to, we are going to be sending not just a couple of uh, parcels, but we'll be manning, we'll be handling, we'll be managing that outreach. Get a desire. Then meditate on it. Imagine it. Imagine yourself walking into this place. The sick healed, people restored, a family church, people standing on the brink of divorce, and all of a sudden they come to a service and they give each other a second chance. From there, from desire, meditation, imagination, I go and now I visualize it. I write it down somewhere. For our circumstances needs to know what we, they need to, need, it needs to start hearing what we believe about it. Prayer is no longer just where I come with my list of needs. No, prayer has become and prayer is in, people are entering into a new dimension of prayer where I now tell my situation the outcome I want. Because I'm seeking God's face and I know His will for my life. That is why I'm taking the boldness now to proclaim it for nothing happens until I speak. Bowl of soup or birthright. See, it's easy to make a wrong decision if I don't confront myself with the truth daily. See, when I look at counterfeit money or when I become a detective or I become somebody that needs to look, uh, be on the lookout for counterfeit money, I don't study the counterfeit. I study the real thing. See, many people, they study the counterfeit. 
and there's a scripture in the word of God which says, and it's a truth, it's a, it's a truth in, in my life and in your life. Whatever we behold, we become. Whatever I focus on, I become. Failure in life is due to a broken focus. But I study the real, not the fake. For when I study the real, now the fake is seen easily. Remind yourself. So I desire, I meditate, I imagine, and I visualize. I write it down, and now I start confessing it. Thou shalt decree a thing, Job says, and it will be established. Thou shalt decree a thing, and it will be established. That means not just I'm going to speak it. No, it says that thou shalt cut the wrong down. See, it's, it's time that we rise up against the principalities of darkness and take a hold of the, and pull it down and now speak the outcome that we want. Don't just have the devil have his way. No, God has had a dream about your life. Before the foundations of the earth, he hovered over it. Before he spoke a word into existence, he first had a dream. That, for, that word hovering also means it's the same as where now we have the understanding today of the laying, of, uh, the laying on of hands. See now in, in, in Hebrew times, people didn't really lay hands on one another. For if I were to put my hands on a sick person as a rabbi, it would mean that I would become unclean. So I'm not making this a doctrine or uh, it's, not, it's not something that, just chew on this. If I were to lay my hands on you, if, if I were to touch a dead animal, I would be unclean. I would be tamay. I would be unclean. Jesus comes and he screws their whole theology up. He just scrambles it. He chooses fishermen that daily touches dead animals. You know what they had to do? They had to sacrifice in the morning and sacrifice in the evenings. You know why Jesus came and he, cleaned, he cl- had to clean out the temple? For the Pharisees and the, the scribes and the, even the rabbis, what they did is they would now put pigeons up for sale in the temple. For the more, they, the more laws they put down, the more people couldn't obey it, the more sacrifices they would sell in the temple, which the people had to come and buy to sacrifice. So the fishermen especially had to daily sacrifice in the mornings and in the evenings. So that word comes and it says that God hovered on the earth. Now we know that the rabbis wouldn't touch sick or dead people or because it would make them unclean. But it means to me that before the foundations of the earth, God actually laid his hands on the earth. He hovered. It means when I lay my hands, when that scripture comes and it says that, lay your hands on the sick, it means apply over their lives, put over their lives the authority that I've put on you. Put over that sickness, the authority that is put on the inside of your life, the, the fact that Christ has already paid the price. I am healed through his stripes. It is finished. Lay that truth on them for it is a higher authority. Lay that on them. But Christ take a good look, took a good look of the, on the earth and he said that I need to hover. I need to lay my hands on it. 
And now I'm going to put in this earth everything that my child is going to need on the 19th of January, 2011. While they're going through a fast, I'm going to put in the earth the things that they need, the breakthroughs that they need, the healings that they need. For I'm going to send my son, and he's going to die, and he's going to pay the ultimate price, and it will cause them to walk in victory at all times. It's going to cause them to get out of jail, when in the jail that the devil wants to put them in with guilt and, and condemnation. And when they've chosen and made the wrong decision, they won't have to pay it pay the price for it and walk, walk, the, walk out the consequences for the rest of their lives. For I'm the God that is gracious. And he found out that it was only beings. Isn't God telling you or speaking to you daily that God is calling, he's calling you to a higher sense of living, a higher, a better life? I don't know about you in South Africa, we grow up with the, with the sense of, of, of you need to be satisfied. You know what, whatever life is deal, dealt, whatever hand life has dealt to you, you need to be satisfied. For it could have been so much worse. Now I'm here to tell you tonight that it, you're called to a such better life. It can be so much better. If you can just grab a hold of this reality and live according to it, that God has more for you in store. Doesn't matter if you're qualified or not. God has anointed you. He smeared you, enables you now, so that now you can step out on greatness. I've heard of people that, and please, young people, stay in school and finish your your and, and graduate and do all those good things. But I've heard of people because of God, all of a sudden, and their obedience, that God has placed them in front of great people, great men, um, that they did they weren't qualified to do the jobs that they did, but God. The second chance, higher way of living, hold on to your birthright, don't choose the beings at all times, hold on to your birthright, do not choose and settle for beings, maybe you're here and you're dead, seek him first, seek him first, and you will see how your life will turn around. For he is the God of the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth. His grace is sufficient. This morning I woke up. I didn't even finish using up all the grace of yesterday. And there was new grace awaiting to embrace me as I woke up. That makes me want to sing and shout. Father, we worship you tonight, God. We thank you, God, for your words, Father. We and there's people in this place, God, and I, I sense in my spirit how a light is, has gone up over them. How the spirit of depression has really tormented them. But your word tonight comes and it breaks through darkness. As they enter tonight in a godly desire, meditate on your word. They will get a godly imagination of the picture that you have for us and they will visualize the greater thing. For we do not want to settle for Ha-Adam, Ha-Adam. The red stuff, the red stuff. No. We want to settle and hold on to your promise that you have for us.
Father, we worship that. Worship when we pray, Father God, tonight that you will establish and affirm people and put them back in their rightful place. For your word, Father God, will not return to your void. If you said it, that settles it. If healing was spoken over people, it will not return to you void, will not return to you without accomplishing what it's been sent forth to do. Maybe you in this place tonight and you say, you know what, for the longest of time, I've thought that I've had to walk out this mistake. The devil has really just beaten me over the head with condemnation and I can't get rid of the, the mistakes of the past. I'm not going to ask you to stand up. I'm just going to quickly ask you to slip your hand up so I can just pray with you. There's hands that's going up. There's some young hands going up. See, the devil is out to steal your birthright. He's after your birthright. Your vision, God's vision for you. You can put your hands down. Father, I thank you tonight that there's some people, Father, in this place. I thank you for your grace, your window that opens over them. And it will reveal you in a greater dimension to them. Young people in this place, God, thank you for the dream that you have for them. I thank you that we see it fulfilled tonight. In Jesus' name, we worship you, God. We worship you, God. We worship you, God. Thank you that your anointing comes into this place and it destroys the yoke and removes the burden. But you do not leave without giving us something. You give us your thought, Jeremiah 29. Good thoughts. To prosper. And then you come and deposit hope for the final outcome. We worship you, Jesus. to thank you for listening to this message today we pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard but we also know it will be changed as you put god's word into effect at heart sees family life church our doors are always open to help if you need any more information or just a friend to listen we are here call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us remember put god first in your life and everything you do will prosper We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.